Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast. It is June 7th. The weekly news is coming at you, episode 151. Dan Cowd is joining me today. Welcome, Dan. Hey, good to be here. What's up, again? Oh, not too much, man. Just another episode. Lots of great news. A couple of surprise announcements, too. So uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But first of all, we want to uh, thank our sponsors. So Order Solutions, we want to thank you for uh, making this podcast possible. Makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and all the other boxes out there. Um, a few ways you can say back to Order Solutions. Of course, like us on youtube subscribe to the podcast leave us a review but most importantly come visit us at into the box so itb tickets uh, are available so come check out the conference and we have links to the box life store as well which we'll be putting in the the chat here so you guys can go check out some of the cool shirts and merchandise we have for you and then after that we can be patreon supporters you want to tell us about that dan yes for the patreon support we have 37 supporters at this point they are providing 100% of the funding for the Modernize Your Die podcast, which is a huge thank you um, uh, to you guys. That's great. Uh, our Patreon site is patreon.com slash order solutions. Um, our first goal was actually funding the podcast. Our second goal is to fully fund the hosting of forgebox.io, which is a huge part of, um, of Command Box and, and our uh, our uh, CFML ecosystem. And uh, so that's one of our goals is to have that fully funded. Right now, Ordis is sponsoring that as well. Yep. Very cool. Okay, well, next up, we actually have a Patreon-sponsored job posting. So um, Brian over at Haggerty Motorsport Ridge, they have two job opportunities, and they want to tell you a little bit more about it. So let's listen to that. And today with me, I have Brian from Haggerty. You want to tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there? Hey, Gavin. Thanks for having us on. Uh, first, we're big fans of the podcast, so it's fun to be here with you today. Uh, I work at a company called Haggerty. I am a longtime Cold Fusion uh, person that folks might know from conferences and so forth many years ago. And right now I'm leading a team at Haggerty and we build a two-sided SaaS marketplace called motorsportreg.com. And so this last year, uh, we did hundreds and hundreds of thousands of event registrations for automotive and motorsport events. And right now I'm looking to hire two uh, senior Cold Fusion and JavaScript developers. So We've got a pretty large and pretty complex Cold Fusion app, and we're also building a lot of Node and Vue. That's kind of our future technology stack. And so we're looking for two engineers to come join our team and help us basically build, enhance, and grow into the future. Wow, sounds pretty good. I know that you uh, did a lot of work with the CF Payment Library back in the day when we met way back in 2013 or something, I think, at CF Objective. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was like basically battle-tested because you guys put just thousands and thousands of transactions through it right yeah the sea of payment was a, a, a labor of love for me i saw something that was cool in another language and i'm like we need that in cold fusion uh, i can say that library has probably processed i mean maybe a billion dollars not not just from us uh from from lots of people who use it but i mean hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars so yeah we uh, we work at a pretty large scale and the other cool thing is that it's it's consumer facing so you know my my family a lot of my family are accountants and so the joke that I always make is you can build any kind of software anywhere, like you can build accounting software, but we get to build software for motorsports. And so one of the fun side effects of that is that we get to go to the racetrack 
and we deal with people who are really living out their passion. Like this is what they love to do for fun. And so it's a fun space to be operating in uh, and supporting them at that scale. Yeah, I definitely see uh, a lot of uh, pictures up on Twitter and I do get jealous. But uh, well, it sounds great. It sounds like you guys are doing great things in the community and uh, in the industry. And uh, yeah, so we got two spots available. So if you guys are interested, uh, check out Brian and we'll have more details in the show notes. So thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, everyone. So that was Brian at Hegarty Motorsport Ridge. So two job opportunities for senior software developers. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more in the job section, and the link is posted in the chat and available in the show notes. Cool. Okay, next up, we have some news and announcements. So here's a big announcement fresh off the press. You want to tell us about it? I do. So we have a live stream series that's starting up, okay? And the first one is called Coding with the Kiwi and Friends. Now, as you may have guessed, the Kiwi 2, well, here on my left would be Gavin Picken. Starting this Friday, June 10th at 1 p.m., uh, basically it's a series of live live coding, okay? Uh, the goal is for there to be weekly streams that were possible. Gavin will be hosting a live stream for Patreon members only. Um, the stream is to try to include special guests from the community to get their viewpoints and advice on how Gavin should do something. <laughs> There'll be pair programming, talking with Adam Cameron about um, test-driven development, uh, Sam Knowlton about Quick and QuickDB, uh, Will DeBrun will be joining us from Europe on the API documentation and validation, and others from the Ordis team and the community as well. Uh, Gavin was describing this to us earlier. We basically said, so basically, you become a Patreon, you get to yell at Gavin all week. Well, Done. just to be clear, uh, we have to ask to be unmuted. So, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, but uh, basically just a live stream. A few people have been asking us about doing a live stream for a while. And so, you know, we decided to offer it up and we wanted to give it the patrons something a little extra, you know, those people that are supporting us in lots of different ways. So this is a nice perk for them. So, you know, we'll get in a, a Zoom room and like I said, we'll do sort of pair programming format. I'll be working on uh, what I'm building for some of the upcoming conferences and stuff. So I thought, well, I'm going to build it anyway. Let's, uh, you know, get some takes from some of the community members and you know live stream maybe you know chit chat with the patrons a little bit and then we'll release the video later for for the non-patreon so you guys will still be able to um, see it but if you're not a patron and you want to join in sign up today we got some really nice uh, you know nice affordable packages ten dollars a month is the starting package uh, or you can just wait for the the recording we'll put that up on cfcast and probably youtube as well after the session the cost of one cup of coffee a month at starbucks if you get thing you too can be a patreon supporter Yep, and so this week's guest is a bit of a surprise, um, but let's just say coding with the Kiwi, which is me, you might have a little more Kiwi than you thought. We'll just leave it at that. So yeah, so I um, can't wait to tell you more about that. Okay, cool. so that's Friday, 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I just probably should put that in there, Pacific time. Oh yeah, good point. I just said 1 p.m., didn't I? Yeah, that's okay. So into the box, updates. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we've been announcing a lot of different things. And the first thing we're, uh, we're in, basically going to announce is into the box 2022 podcast series. So we have another modernizer die podcast called the conference edition. We basically spin that up whenever we have a conference coming up and the CFML community and we're started that one. And the first one is going to drop today. So you'll uh, see a little bit more about the, the conference itself. And we'll be talking to people who are basically running the workshops, some um, speakers from, and they talk about their sessions and some sponsors as well. So we'll be getting those. They'll just be short, sharp little episodes to help you figure out 
if you want to go into the box and when you do you decide do. you're going, because you will, then you'll decide uh, which workshop or sessions you want to attend. So um, we're going to be uh, recording a few and the next one, I think, out after the first one, which is an intro to the, the conference, will be Dan talking about his workshop. Right, Dan? Uh, yeah, which um, uh, should be good. I'm doing a whole day long, uh, long workshop on basically refactoring legacy software, why you want to do it, why it's important, um, but also how, a whole lot of how. So we'll talk more about that, the actual podcast, but yeah, so that was the two-second introduction. Yep, exactly. So that's pretty cool. And then what else were, we did announce the last week? Yeah, so one of the big things also is that um, all ITB attendees, in addition to getting all the ITB 2022 videos after the conference, you get a free month of, of CFCast, which is un unfettered access to everything. Um, all the series, all the all the stuff in history, um, everything, uh, basically, I mean, everything in there. We have hundreds of hours of training on all kinds of different topics. Um, we have recaps of some of the VS codes of the week. We have uh, paid programming on I mean, I mean, pretty much every facet of de of development that we've ever touched, we have it recorded in there. Yeah, there's some cool. really great workshops in there. You know, like if you haven't done the Call Box Zero to Hero workshop, it's in there. Mm -hmm. If you haven't done the Quick workshop, it's in there. And we have some uh, some great content. Um, we got the OOP Object Oriented Programming Nolan Irk recorded that series. Yep. It's a really good series too. So a lot of great videos. So yeah, so you get get it for one month free in addition to all the 2022 uh, ITB videos. So that's pretty mm -hmm. neat. And also we have uh, another uh, sponsor to uh, announce as well. We have. Couchbase, which is going to be a platinum sponsor for End of the Box 2022. So we're really grateful for having more and more sponsors. This is turning out to be a great Into the Box already, and uh, just more and more great stuff coming. And we have a top secret big announcement coming next week, so we'll let you know about that. Check back for the podcast, because you'll hear it here before we even announce it on our blog. So check back for more ITB updates. Cool. All right. Well, spinning away from ITB and more into the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, uh, in case you missed it, Coldbox, the uh, the next bleeding edge version of Coldbox is ready for next release. We need testers. Um, so basically, it has major refactoring in it, improvements on Wirebox. Um, speed it sped a bunch of things up. But we basically need people to go ahead and test it. So if you use Coldbox, you want to see what the new bleeding edge features are. Uh, go ahead and pull that, install it, and uh, let us know what uh, what's better, what's not, and anything we missed. Yep, I'm mm -hmm. going to be posting a couple links here to the Jira boards. So it tells you all the different pieces that were included in it. They're kind of come here you along links, but it'll take you right there so you can see uh, improvements mm -hmm. for for that stuff. So very cool. Exactly, and along those same lines, uh, we have a new module that as some people have um, have, um, have previewed, but uh, it's called CBV CBFS, which stands for, for Command Box or Cold Box File System. Um, it basically is a way of abstracting away saving to a number of different file formats, including S3, um, the local hard drive, I mean, uh, the local file system. Um, a wide variety of different things, and uh, we're looking for others to contribute to that. We do need testers for it, and. Um, yeah, I think Devin just posted the link to go ahead and, and check that out. This has been under, under development for quite a while. Um, part of the reason is because there's so many permutations that go into it that uh, it just took a while to get the tests all done. But uh, I think it's ready to go, and we need everyone to either prove or disprove that statement. Yep, I mean, that's the cool thing about it. It's the provider setup, it really abstracts it away. So if one day you're using, you know, FTP, for example, the next day you want to move over to S3 or go back to your file system, you can. The cool thing is you can use file system locally on your machine. And then when you go to staging, you put it on S3. And so that way you can you know, test different providers depending because you don't want to have to use S3 for your local stuff if you're offline or whatnot. So it's right. very cool. Correct. Okay. 
So let's go into news, sorry, new releases and updates. So just a couple of uh, reminders here. So Hyperf 3.5.0 is out. So now there's a get status text and a get status method. There's a get momentum method for hyper request and the hyper response. Just give you, you know, a data structure more easy to work with. And there's also a better throw on error experience, which shows much more information than the see if HTTP gives out of the box. So mm -hmm. those are some things to make hyper even better than it already was. Cool. And those of you that haven't that haven't heard of Hyper, um, ch check it out. Because basically, it takes all the information, all the, the process of doing CFHTTP calls, puts it more in a in a, in a um, functional programming format, and it is just really slick. Yep, uh, it looks just like uh, Axios, basically for for JavaScript users. You'll know what I mean. Um, so if you mm -hmm. want more Axios style, Hyper is what you need. Mm -hmm. Which is good. Um, along those lines, we have a minor update to the Lucy MongoDB extension. Uh, fixes and issues for the cache entries with a last access um, time uh, would timeout would not properly be removed from the cache in a timely manner. I'm not sure exactly all the words I just said, but I'm sure it was very important. Um, it fixes an issue where the hit count of the table was incremented twice on each hit. That's been fixed. Um, and then minor uh, some uh, code cleanup, typos and function names and that kind of stuff. But that's in the Lucy MongoDB extension. Cool, cool. Uh, Adam Cameron asks if CBFS requires cold box for standalone. Um, I'm pretty sure we set it up to to be cold box at this point. Um, it's something that um, you know that's usually the first way we build it, but a lot of times we we do allow it to to be sort of configured. So I haven't actually looked at the the nuts and bolts of it, Adam, to see if we're using interceptors and other things that are harder to replicate outside. But uh, I'm sure that it'll probably be one of those things that we could, uh, with a little bit of manual wiring uh, to get all the pieces working, you can probably get that working too. So um, we'll just have to, to wait and see. But yeah, usually uh, more complicated modules are a little tougher to, to separate out. But I'll look into the Adam and give you an update. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. So next up, we have some webinars, meetups, and workshops. So what's the first mm -hmm. one? Now we've actually um, we've referenced some, some webinars already, but this one we have this week is the online CF meetup um, with Charlie Earhart, and the topic is when should I use third-party libraries versus roll my own, and it is being done basically by an, a, an eminent expert in the thing, the man to my left, the coding Kiwi himself. Basically, this whole pod this whole podcast is all about Gavin and me being in front of the camera in different contexts. <laughs> Um, I'm uh, kind of kidding about that. Come listen anyway. <laughs> All right. So here's a topic. Basically, there's always a trade-off between third-party libraries and rolling your own, the whole build versus buy dilemma that, that the companies have um, in software development. I often hear many of the points in discussion, but I wonder how many people know and consider them. So Gavin's going to be sharing the pros and cons to each approach. Uh, the presentation will help convince you that libraries are not evil, like so many haters believe. Uh, choosing the right libraries will make you more productive and efficient, not lazy. We'll look at how to identify solid use cases for using third-party library in your application, um, a checklist of questions to help you identify the red flags uh, of, safe, of unsafe, unreliable, and poorly supported or ill-suited libraries to avoid, and then some things to look for and things that you want to use. Yep. And so we'll also be looking at, you know, some cold fusion landscape examples. So we'll talk about some, some things that you definitely want to use as a third party, some that you may want to keep away from and, you know, just try and do that with, without talking too much smack, but, uh, it'll be, it'll be good, good information for sure. Uh, so I got to finish writing that, finalizing that. So come check that out. So, um, the link there, um, we'll be posting, sh uh, in the chat very soon. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so next up, we have um, the Audis webinar in June, it's getting started with the legacy migration with Dan Card. So that's going to be you, June 24th, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, so we'll be looking at the process of converting agency, sorry, legacy, not agency, <laughs> legacy CFML-based sites into a more modern coding design. It has less overall code, easier to maintain, mistakes and errors can be read uh found more easily and you know fixed easy to read you know all the pros and cons um basically and uh, a lot of pros and that's why obviously we promote it and that's why Audis is so busy with all our customers trying to help them uh, modernize their code so dan you do quite a lot of work on this on a daily basis right helping Audis clients yeah Audis clients my own projects old stuff that runs think i mean we've all that's the thing about legacy code we've all written it we've all been there we talk about we, we look at stuff that we've done so uh how do we actually make it better and what's funny is that i've heard people say well you just want people to code a certain way personally i don't care how people code but we do think that the idea of modernizing has very tangible benefits to your professional life to potentially your personal life how you know you just in general how you feel about going to work there are tangible benefits to actually doing all this and we're going to get into some of those as well as actually some of the techniques that we're going to um uh look at now it's only an hour so you'll you'll get a small taste of the day-long workshop that we're going to get at itb yep exactly so this will be a, a great starting point so very cool um so yep the links will be posting here in a second on how to go register for that um and then the meetup link I just posted as well. So, but what else do we have coming up soon? A couple things. One, the Seattle Cold Fusion Users Group. Um, basically, they've, they've they've basically said that that they're trying to do a reboot. So we're restarting the Seattle Cold Fusion Users Group meetings, and are looking forward to meeting online with all of you. Uh, this month's meeting includes a presentation by Leon O'Daniel on sending SMS messages using Cold Fusion and the Twilio API. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Actually, this is this must be people must be emerging from the woodwork because the Boston Cold Cold Fusion Users Group actually just got a, got an email um, two days ago, kind of a, not so much as a reboot, but just kind of saying where are we and let's have an yeah. event. <laughs> oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, we also have some Adobe workshops. So Adobe Cold Fusion workshops, um, one day workshops. Mm-hmm. We've got the next one coming up on June fifteenth, so next week, I believe, uh, nine a.m. Eastern uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, it's going to be led by Brian Sappy, and we'll be sharing the link there. And then we have another one coming up June 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 22nd actually is the, uh, we're not a topic yet, but it's going to be more geared toward our European audience. It's 9 a.m. Uh, Central European time, CET. Um, it is being done by Damien Bru- um, Bruindo. And we don't have a topic of that, but we do have a link that you can go look at it. Yeah, it's basically the one-day workshop, uh, you know, a lot of the same content, so. Gotcha. Yep, looks really good. Sorry for talking over you, didn't mean to. No, you're totally fine. I've actually been trying to, like, paste these in, but you're you're beating me to it every time, so (laughs) you're doing double duty over there. Narrating as well as doing all the work. I'm just going to sit here. You're doing great. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, you're totally fine. <laughs> so I did. For a full list of all the Adobe conferences that are coming up and workshops and webinars, you can visit the link that Gavin just posted up there. Meet us at adobeevents.com slash coldfusion. Yep, there's a, a lot of great stuff there. They list all the webinars and everything as well. And hopefully they get the recordings up there. There's a recordings button as well. Mm-hmm. Adobe and Kerasoft are doing some workshops together as well. We just had one June 1st. Um, there was a, the advanced Adobe Cold Fusion workshop, and it has CPE credits available for those who require those. And then uh, upcoming, so today, June 7th, is also a workshop. So I guess if you uh, don't want to do any more work today, you want to just jump into a workshop, um, today's workshop 
link is right there. Mm-hmm. So that um, June 7th, again, this one is, uh, again, hosted by Adobe and Kerasoft. Some good information. Wow, lots Today. of stuff going on. Oh, did, did we have a time on that? Uh, no, I think it's an all-day workshop. I don't have a time. Oh, it's an all-day workshop. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, let's talk about CFCast. We've got tons and tons of CFCast stuff going on these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share my screen for those watching while you tell us a little bit more about it. Oh, and I will. Okay, so just released. We have a whole series on Logbox, uh, Logbox 101. Um, there's uh, Basically, it's on installation and getting started. And uh, basically, what is Logbox? You can actually, it's a way of writing in your code. You write to Logbox and it can output whatever your log is supposed to be based on priority and output to the console, to CF trace, to, um, you can have it be null in certain places. You can write to email, you can write to all kinds of things. So this is setting up Logbox and getting it working in your applications. Um, along with that, we have the idea of publishing your first Forge, bo- Forge Box package. Um, basically, life more and more is having is happening in packages. Um, and so this is actually packaging up your own. Um, and that, I don't know. Who, oh, yeah. So that's actually part of the content that's been updated. Um, yep. And well, a little bit on the Forge Box admin and dashboard, right? Yep, exactly. So there's uh, a lot of great stuff there. Um, the Logbox series is going to continue soon as well. But don't forget, you've got Forgebox Module of the Week. So we've released three of those, and we've released three of the VS Code Hint Tip and Trick of the Week. So instead of going back through all the podcasts, you can just go and look on CFCast and get all of those there. And they're up on YouTube as well. We've got a little playlist on YouTube for all of 2022's uh, releases. So um, we keep adding them as we process them, ripping them out of the podcast. And so soon we'll be caught up. So you'll only get one a week. But uh, Which I'm actually looking forward there. to. I'm actually looking forward to going back and look at this. I, I, everyone's been hyping up VS Code so much. I've been, I use IntelliJ and I'm very happy with it. I think it's great. There's a couple of reasons why I'm thinking about changing, but I've been forcing myself the last couple of days to just use VS Code. And I haven't looked at the podcast yet, like basically on the, on the tips and tricks, because I want to get acclimated uh, without all kinds of extensions and everything else. But I think very soon I'm going to go jump over there and see how I can make this a little more interesting. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing with some of the older um, extensions. A lot of times they build them into the core now. So what was an extension mm-hmm. that we talked about like in 2021? There's mm-hmm. a you know there's a way to do it. And yeah. sometimes even recently we had I think uh, Matthew Brown uh, posted a, a comment, and he said that a lot of those um, yeah a lot of those are set up and um, basically they're all settings now. So it's kind of strange. But you know each their own um, internal external. There's you know lots of options there. Cool. Before we go quick on, update. oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Sorry, quick update we just got from Scott Steinbeck that all the seats are filled for the Adobe workshop. So please ignore our announcement. We weren't so much advertising it as just dangling in front of you that you couldn't go. Yep. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so coming soon also to uh, to CFCast. We had the last couple of videos of Gavin's published first Forgebox package, uh, Love Up Box 101, which we mentioned. Um, the idea of boxifying a third-party library and that's also from Gavin. So in addition to basically choosing what libraries you can use, you can put them into a, a, a Forgebox module. Um, did you just do all these? Um, no, I'm, I'm working through these series right now. So Okay. And then basically, as we mentioned before, the Forgebox and the VS Code podcast snippet. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure, make sure I didn't read that the second time. No. Colleges yeah. and trainings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the... The, the box fine third-party library sort of like building on top of because we've done the first forge box package and usually the thing is like okay i've now built a package how do i convert this this code to a package you know so this is sort of like working through it and there's a lot of great content out there um, but not a lot of it 
is, you know, not all of it is put in Forgebox. So we're going to try and take some third-party libraries with permission and boxify them. So we'll put them into, you know, Forgebox module and then we'll make them, you know, work within Coldbox, but still make them available to work the way they were. So that way we're not, you know, making it worse. We're just improving it for those who are using Coldbox. Makes sense. Okay. Conferences and training. So this week, uh, June 8th through the 10th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they've got the the workshop and the main conference for Vue.js, the US conf. So um, they got a great schedule there. Hopefully some of you guys made it out there. Obviously I'm not, I'm over here working hard, but uh, there's a, a lot of good stuff there and Vue usually does release the video. So hopefully we can uh, tune in and catch what I've missed there. So, okay, hold on. We've got another thing from Scott. Uh, he's working on a raw query to QB converter. Uh, he says he doesn't blog stuff, but uh, he's <laughs> he's at least he just comments. <laughs> yep. Well, I tell him if he gets them to me in advance, I'll try and put them in the show notes. Hey, that is pretty cool, though. I like yep. that. I like a lot of these conversion things. I think didn't didn't Luis a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago along those same lines had a conversion package to go from oh it wasn't FW one it was um, I think it was oh uh, gosh Mach two. Uh... I don't remember one of the yeah. It wasn't Mach two, but it was the it was the dependency injection process that Mach two uses. Oh yeah. And it converted over to Wirebox format, so it was still Mach Mach two on the front end, but it was the uh, my brain is just completely not working right now, as many of you have noticed. Okay. Um, other conferences this week. Uh, this is also Apple's um, worldwide developer conference from the sixth to the tenth. That's this week. Um, we'll be putting the a link up there to kind of check out and see what's what's coming out from apple yep and then shots were fired at twitter because now apparently <laughs> the way the way it works uh apple decided that you can now uh edit your your messages your like your text messages and then un you know undeliver them and stuff and so twitter have been asking for edited tweets for years even apple's doing it come on twitter <laughs> <laughs> scott hanselman tweeted about that i just had to laugh but uh, we funny. also have Quasar. Cold Spring. That's what it was. Cold Spring. Yep. You're right. <laughs> yep. And so Quasar Conf is coming up soon. Um, July 9th is the conference. Um, it's going to be 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And the, the deadline for proposals is June 9th. So I've been chit-chatting with a little Quasar people, and I'm thinking I'm going to submit something. So if you guys got any recommendations for what type of stuff I should submit to the Quasar Conf, let me know. Uh, I'm going to figure something out and maybe get on the list. It'd be kind of nice to, to show off some cold box and some command box inside of my, my view app from Quasar. I like it. Part of the cold fusion subversion project. I like yep. it. Speaking of that, um, that conference does a little bit of that too. with uh, our little friend, Daniel Garcia. Yes, that's right. That conference is coming up and yes, it is called that conference. We're not trying to be like, you know, alluding to anything. Uh, it's full stack tech obsessed community of fun, fun code loving humans who share and learn together. We geek out in Texas and Wisconsin once a year, but we host digital events all the time. So coming up on July 25th to the 28th uh, in Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin, it's a four day summer camp for developers passionate about learning all things mobile, web, cloud, and technology. Uh, and I think we're putting the link up there. I also think that we, yeah, and, and just to highlight that, Dale Garcia is speaking there. Uh, if you guys have never seen Daniel speak, he's he's good. He is thorough. He is detail oriented. Um, he's a really good guy. You definitely should check out what he has to say because he knows what he's talking about. Uh, I think we, we jumped up. We jumped over another one coming up on June 9th through 10th. So the end of this week uh, is the Vue.js conference. Um, so us.vuejs.org. Yeah, I already talked about that. 
Did you? Okay, yeah. I just wanted to highlight it again because views that awesome. And evidently, as I said before, <laughs> I'm here, but I evidently am watching a different channel. So anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yep. So um, yeah, Daniel Garcia's session is going to be great. And the cool thing about that conference of those watching, I was sharing the screen and showing some photos. They've got like a cool kids section too. That's really family oriented, and you can actually get tickets for family members to go. And as I say every week, I love it because it's at a water park. But uh, also, Adobe Developer Week is coming up. Um, for those that didn't know, um, the sessions, let me just double check, but last time I looked this morning, the speakers' names and stuff were not on there yet, but they were emailing me to confirm, because if you didn't notice, on Twitter and on Facebook, my face has popped up, so I am one of the speakers at Adobe Developer Week, and there's been a few more announced. Uh, hopefully, they'll have the full list up there on the website soon they just uh they're getting those final approvals from speakers to get that listed so um yeah we should hear any day now but it's july 18th through the 22nd it's online virtual and free it's a whole week long so a few sessions a day uh, spread out over the week so um a lot of great content um, the experts going to be gearing up to host a series of webinars all things called fusion chance to learn with them uh it's going to be you know talking about javascript and called fusion and just everything really so it's going to be a good one go sign up um again it's free and it's a good way to to spend your summer and if you aren't sick of me yet you will be because uh, i'm speaking there too sorry guys it's all good it's all good um all right where are we uh you guys forge yep okay all right after many quests they've actually changed the dates it um i'm not sure when it was but now it is on july 13th and 14th and it says due to you due to many of you taking advantage of early summer vacations we have decided to postpone the event to a date that will make sure many of you as, as many of you as possible won't miss out on the opportunity to event Vue.js forge so the new dates I believe are july 13th through the 14th yep and i'm excited about this one um yeah i'm going to be participating here and so you know you get to meet a bunch of different people you get to work on some projects it's a two-day hackathon and they should be releasing the the information real soon but you're going to be we're going to be working with like Vue.js, Vite, Pinia, which I haven't used yet so that'll be interesting if you use and then uh yeah basically as they get through they're going to be giving us more information there's workshops you can attend and everything uh, and you can be a mentor as well so we're, we're going to have some top mentors there trying to help the team so i'm excited i think it'd be a good opportunity to mix with some other developments and uh yeah come up with some some cool solutions to an interesting puzzle and it sounds like basically we're going to be building a SaaS product like build your own SaaS. so very cool so nice yep so up next we've got more information on into the box now we've already talked about into the mm -hmm. box enough right so you want to give us the dates dates basically are september 6th 7th and 8th uh of this year it's in houston we've changed locations uh it's a little bit of an upgrade um and uh, a lot of stuff to do in the area as well as the actual conference and the content so definitely want to check it out um don't let houston in september scare you it's not as bad as it is in august obviously we'll be inside and be very comfortable um but yeah there's one day workshops before the two-day conference the workshops are on the sixth seventh and eighth are the workshops and the super early bird pricing it ended on may on may 31st but there's still early bird pricing so the super early bird is done but the early bird pricing is still going on right now and the website is available at intothebox.org yep so the website's got a lot of stuff on there we've got speakers we're still updating it. there's more speakers to be announced soon again i mentioned there's a big surprise coming up very soon we'll announce that next week um but yeah the sessions are there our sponsors are listed there um 
and yeah, a lot of good stuff. But early bird registration is available. Grab it before they go up even more. And then some of the sessions are already announced up here too. Again, we got a couple more coming, but uh, check it out. Um, we're really excited. It's going to be going to be great. Yeah. Okay. I think it is going to be a really, I'm a really, I'm a really good time. Yep, for sure. And then um, yeah, check up the IT ITB blog. We're announcing stuff all the time on there too. Okay, another conference coming up. We've got CF Summit. That's going to be October 3rd and 4th in Las Vegas. And for those who are watching, you get to see the screen. Um, so last year they had a ton of people. It was an online conference. So this is the first one back in person for three years. going to be at the Mirage. And the ticket pricing is really, really affordable. They're discounting these majorly to make sure we get people back in, in town. So $99 for the event pass. If you want the premium pass, which gives you the access to the workshop, which is the professional certification, it's $399. So it's going to be good. And Audis is working on finalizing our details for the workshop. We will be doing workshops uh, right after the conference. So on the... The conference is Monday, Tuesday. We're going to be doing workshops Wednesday, Thursday. We're just confirming the, the location and the pricing, getting all the logistics worked out now that Adobe's finally announced it. So we'll be announcing that very soon. And uh, we're excited to yeah have some more workshops for you guys. Cool. And then, Sounds good. And then, of course, call for speakers, right, Dan? Are you going to write something? Are you going to submit a talk, do you think, see if some of this year? You know, I got to be honest, it never occurred to me uh possibly i'll have to think of something very interesting to talk about yeah um, never hurts i mean you guys should post something too it's a big conference lots of tracks you know a couple of days and uh you know for most things if you get to speak at one of these conferences you get free attendance to the conference you get a free hotel room at the conference and then sometimes you get little speaker gifts and swag too so it's pretty cool and worst case uh you get your ticket for 99 dollars. and to be honest buy your ticket submit anyway and then if you if you do get picked you can just get your money refunded for your ticket so that way you don't miss those early bird pricing hoping to see if you get picked but yeah and that's a and that's a really good point one of the things i'm trying to do a lot more is kind of th throw stuff out there and see what happens whether it be like a, a forge box module or a blog post whatever because i think i'm really good at hoarding knowledge because i'm like who cares about this at all and then you throw something out there and you realize oh actually people yeah, <laughs> so this might be a good is, opportunity for you to start. Or not you, Gavin. You're anything, but anybody. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you know I don't think I'm the best developer in the world, but there's something somebody can learn from me. There's something I can learn from everybody else too, and that's the way we got to be. You know, the more we learn from each other, the and you know a lot of times you take things for granted too. You build up all this knowledge over time, and somebody's just not there yet. You know, there will be in time, but if you can share some lessons, uh, it'll help them through some of that pain. So. Uh, speaking of pain, just kidding, Adobe Certified <laughs> Professional apparently is really hard this time. So the specialist um, mm -hmm. before um, was a lot easier. Mark said that uh, they worked hard to make this exam for the Certified Professional a lot harder. And so when you do pass, you will feel really proud. Um, but that's got 100 hours of content too. So you've got 100 hours of video content you can watch before the conference. So I would sign up now just so you start on that yes, content. Cause it's going to take you a while to get through 100 hours before. And then there's a one-day lecture, and then you have the um, certification at the end of it. So this, uh, Yeah, we say it's hard. Basically, they've redone the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they assembled the team, the CF engineering team, Elisha Kishore, Nolan, Dave F., Mark Dakota, and a bunch of people just basically locked themselves in a room for a week or so and then basically come up with a new test. So... Yeah, this one sounds it's like it's, it's it's got some game. <laughs> yeah, but again, we'll be doing our workshop the same day. So if you're not going to the Adobe Certified Professional, we've got uh, some some workshops, two day workshops, and so uh, 
But yeah, so you got some good options. But if you did take their profession, their certification before, it is a different one. So I just wanted to let you know. Okay, what else we got coming up, Dan? All right, coming up in December on December seventh. Uh, this is into the box for Tom. It's in El Salvador. Um, more information is coming very soon. But basically, it's the it it isn't the same sessions as what you're going to get in Houston. It's different ones. Um, mostly because I don't think you want me, for example, speaking in Spanish. It would be very badly <laughs> for everybody. Um, working on it, but we'll get there. But yeah, um, into the box Latam, and uh, that's that's this December. Yep, and then we're going to be um, doing CF Camp. Sorry, not CF Camp. No CF Camp. No yeah. CF Camp. Um, yeah, they're trying to do it in summer 2023. That's the next goal. Um, they just can't do do it right now with too much uncertainty and everything else but uh but they're 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 coming back they're just waiting for a good time so hopefully summer 2023 and we can uh, all go to europe and uh, enjoy some good times there sounds good okay not that you ever need an excuse as adam pretty much pointed out to me a couple of weeks ago you never need an excuse to go to europe you can go just if you happen to go during the conference it's always a good thing yep for mm-hmm. sure and if you need more conferences, go to Comps Tech, not a sponsor, just a really good resource. Need more conferences? The site has a huge list of conferences for almost any language or community. Yep. Comps.tech. Exactly. Okay. Take a deep breath. Blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So let's start it off with some Benadel action. He's got a few this week. He's back pumping out blog posts like a crazy person, but we love it. Um, so this one, he's talking about disabling the async attribute on CFMail for at least once delivery in Lucy. So this is one of those things that people love and hate about Cold Fusion is you can send mail and it doesn't slow down the process because by default, email is sent asynchronously. It puts it in a spool and then sits there and then the, the mailer will go through and process it and mail it. And that's usually not a problem if you lose a piece of mail here and there or whatever but sometimes you really need those emails to go out and so as ben said for at least once delivery in lucy he basically turns the async off so the page will actually wait for the mail to send to make sure it actually does get sent and that way he knows that it's safe especially working with docker and everything else that's really uh really vital because when you spin up a docker instance you know it'll spin up and spin down those those spool files files on that on the docker image they don't last so yeah, if you're not using something like uh you know send grid or postmark you know using traditional cf mail on your machine um you know it's perfectly fine to use async for most things where it's not that bad if i forgot my password got it lost but some things you know where it only can happen once you really want to make sure it works and so that's kind of a cool article he, he wrote about that and his process and you know talks about talks it through so i really like that one oh, that makes sense um uh, from Peter Amiri, new art, uh, new article as of today. Basically, it says um, in CF Wheels. There's two new repositories that have been, that have been published. Um, we published two new repositories named CF Wheels, CF Wheels W, uh, or CF Wheels WWW, and CF Wheels API, which handle the CFWheels.org landing page site and the API CFWheels.org API documentation site, respectively. So, two new repos out there if you're CF Wheels users. Yep, and the cool um, thing about that is they're basically nice little templates for how you'd build your CF Wheels sites or API. So they've got, you know, get ignore files in there to so make things more um, blocked and locked down. So it's kind of like a, a, a good starting point if you wanted to build your app. So similar to the way that the, you know, they've got some templates out there too, but it's kind of nice. I, I like that. So making it available for people to see the best practices is always good. Nice. Cool. Uh, continuing on with the CF Wheels theme, another blog um, post from um, Peter Amiri yesterday. 
<clears throat> excuse me, they have a new plugin was published to provide support for ENV uh, settings files in a production setting. Yep, and, and we'll actually talk about this one a little bit later on today too. And uh, oh, we are okay. box gotcha. module of the week. So yeah, cool. Well, this is actually uh, the plugin's based on Eric Peterson's command box module and allows the use of ENV or similarly named files to store your application secrets, so they can be kept out of your source control. Yep, which is usually a good thing. For sure. Uh, if you want to see how many people don't do that, um, you can search you know .env on GitHub, and you'll find hundreds and thousands of credentials that should never have been there in the first place. So at least make sure your gitignore has .env ignored. Yes, not that we're advocating that you actually do that, but you could if you were going to. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully they've uh, you know, cycled all those tokens and everything that they published. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, next up we have um, Will De Bruin. He's been talking about a bug in Lucy, and it's to do with the image new. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I think we talked about Eric Peterson's module, um, the TOTP, which is the time-based one-time password module, and it generates a, a QR code that you know you can basically use for one-time passwords. And um, Will tried it out, and he talked to Eric because it wasn't working, and he found out there was only an issue on Lucy. So apparently, the image new function is broken. So um, if you want to find out a bit more about that, check out the, the that blog there. So image new bug in Lucy. We also had another one from um, Ben Nadal. So he was talking about adding new regular expression passing to his regex project. Actually, that is the project I'm working on for the new Forgebox um, series from converting third-party li third libraries for CFCAS. And so oh, let me cool. share my screen here. Mm -hmm. This J regex project he has is, is pretty cool. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff, but. Ben's regular day expression, so regex expression day, uh, I think it was June 1st, and we've got a blog post about that, but um, he did some updates to his project to include some of those things that he did in another blog post we'll talk about in a minute too. So um, yeah, so he basically added a, a bunch of new methods, and so he's got the jregex CFC, which is his existing component, has a bunch of cool things, and then now he has a jregex list, so you can get the first or an item at, or the last, or the length. So using the the regex on a list and giving these, you know, sort of more fluent helper methods. So he's got, you know, got first, last, rest, you know, uh, etc. So he's got all these. He made a new one here. So pretty neat. So I like that one as well. Nice. Uh, very cool. All right, continuing on with uh, different blog posts. Mark Takata from Adobe. Uh, there's a CLI installation of Cold Fusion, and uh, for lower memory use. Now, for those of you that haven't seen this, one of the key features of the updates in uh, in Cold Fusion 2021 was the idea was the addition of modularity. So you didn't have to actually install every single feature uh, for the whole package when you installed it on on your machine, whether it be through Command Box or whether it be a site wide thing through the conventional uh, install process. Um, is no longer being limited to just installing the whole kit and caboodle. Now you can pick and choose your connectors and packages as long as you'd have a leaner installation. Um, there is a GUI installer where you uh, choose all this, but they also came out with a command line interface to install Cold Fusion. Um, and then there's a new package manager command line interface, PMCLI, to install the packages that you need, scan your code and see what packages you need, and then download the packages. Now, just as a little comparison, and again, this is not a knock or anything else, but it, it's com uh, command box, um, 
the CLI from Adobe does not interface with other package managers. It's theirs and theirs alone. And it's for different uh, parts of the Cold Fusion installation. Um, just because it's a CLI and it works on that. I didn't want, didn't want the confusion. That isn't a slam or anything. It just Yeah. So they're, they're Cold Fusion package managers for managing the parts of the Cold Fusion engine. Exactly. So, yep. And uh, it, it does look pretty cool, but you will get some weird errors when you do use this because if you try to use something you haven't installed yet, <laughs> it blows up pretty good. <laughs> so uh, be okay. careful. And I mean, obviously, just check your logs and you'll see it. Like if you don't, if you want to use ORM and don't install the module, it won't work. So uh, make sure you use it. But that little tool does help you scan your code to see what you'd actually use. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty neat. Yep. Okay. Which is good because actually his whole point there is basically how to use less RAM and uh, less memory, which is cool. Yep. Um, all right. From Ordis, we have a, on, on June 3rd, we have a new kind of content digest that's coming out. Basically, um, the digest edition of our blogs and podcasts and everything else is coming out on Friday, comes out on Fridays. Is that correct? Yep. And um, it kind of is a summary of the week of, of all things that happened off in Ordis. Yeah, there's quite a lot of it. So we decided to try and put it all in one place because sometimes everyone's like, wait, what? Where, where was that? What was what happened? So we just sort of and that's just people there. that work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, we got the podcast has new releases. We got the CF cast, all the different videos and everything there. We got YouTube stuff. We've got stuff on the blog orders, and then in the orders blog, we actually have an into the box updates, which has blog posts about all the updates that are on the into the box blog. So there's a lot of different stuff, and sometimes we'll post things if someone's done an interview with another podcast, or like Brad and Luis the other week were actually on a, a different podcast, so we, we mm -hmm. put those in there too. So as released different videos and all these different things, it's just like a, a little summary. So on Friday, when you get bored of working for the week, you can just watch our stuff all, week, all day. That's what I that, do. That blog post that, that Brad did, I mean, the blog post, but the um, the uh, the podcast interview that Brad did was really cool. It started off with the guys basically asking, do people still using Cold Fusion? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they're like, holy crap, I didn't know it did all that. It was, I mean, it was just a really cool progression to listen to through the whole time. Yeah, for sure. I, I always like when Brad starts educating the, the people's. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely a good one. Um, go back and check that one out. Um, that was actually on the Sonotype podcast. Yeah, so. I think so. Yep. And then we also had the podcast, sorry, the blog post about um, the webinar for August in June 2022, getting started with the legacy migration with Dan. We talked about that a little earlier, so we'll skip over yep. that. But next up, we have some more from Ben Adele. Mm -hmm. Now, this one is actually, uh, the title is Parsing Lists Using Red X, Regex Delimiter uh, with Lucy CFML in 5.3.8.201 version you know included just for reference you know, fun yeah for reference exactly all right so in honor of yesterday's regular expression day which i still gotta say i mean there's a day for everything it's well i amazing. think ben made this one up 15 years ago but. oh is that what it was <laughs> okay cool um i wanted to play around with parsing lists and cold fusion using using regular expressions um as a delimiter or not as a delimiter but using a regular expression delimiter lists are the unsung heroes of the cfml language and are unusually are usually delimited by a single character or a set of single characters but the beauty of the list is that it's just a string and you can make a list out of anything using any delimiter um and sometimes you want that to be be, be more flexible and more dynamic Yep, so it's a pretty cool little tool, and that's what he did eventually add into that regex one that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So this, I, I would like just looking through and, you know, having the visuals, he takes screenshots and does a little pretty pictures, um, so you can really rock everything he's doing. So very neat. Like I said, I love it, and that's one of the, the modules that I keep getting asked to, to convert over to ForgeBox so more people can use it. And so I'm going to be sharing that process on CFCast. 
Nice. And then another part of that, we also had, uh, you know, the blog post for the regular expression day. And I'm going to share that on my screen because I like the picture. More Gert, man. Gert's on all these pictures today. But I see patterns. They're everywhere. So... <laughs> Uh, the cool thing is, if you uh, look, sometimes he has the old blogs. Nope, not in this one. But in previous years, he actually lists all the previous years' regular expression days throughout the years, and it's kind of neat. But if you just search on Regex on his blog, you can find them all. But uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and Regex is black magic sometimes, but uh, we all need to be better at Regex. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to celebrate it. It's one of those theoretical yeses. I don't think it's going to change in my, in my case. I understand them. I mean, I know what they do. I know how to reference them. I know how to ask questions. I don't think I'll ever actually comprehend all of the it, actual yeah. syntax. Yep. There's, there's a lot of tools out there. Uh, Regixer and, and everything. Mm -hmm. Nice. Can't get away without them. So what's exactly. up next? Couple of, I'm in the blog post again from Ortis and again from Gavin. So pretty much we are just generating everything today. How to make Windows fo uh, Windows folders case sensitive. In the last blog post in the series, we discussed case sensitivity on Windows, what it is, why does it matter, and how it could mess up your developer day in ways that you never thought of. In this blog post, we are. Uh, uh, sorry, I was just being called out on it is the, that, the, the, that regex is easy. That was a little distracting. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Yep. I feel encouraged. I don't think so. Uh, in this blog post, we're going to show you how to, how to enable case sensitivity in Windows for a given folder, all folders underneath it, explain how case sensitivity is inherited and when it isn't. Um, and here is the link to that. Yep, yeah, so I think sure it's kind of like being tone deaf. I think I'm regex deaf. Anyway, I'm sorry, be. continue on. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so this is kind of interesting. Um, I think it's pretty cool that the case sensitivity is an option in Windows 10 now. So, um, you know, show you how to enable it for one folder and then, um, and basically what happens if you create a new folder inside that case sensitive folder, if you copy and paste something into that folder, or if you drag, cut, or you know, move something into a folder and they all d behave differently. Um, I gave them a little PowerShell script so they can actually run it on, a, you know, a group of folders, so folders and their children. And it does mention about Windows 11. Apparently it does work a little differently on that. And I gave you the way to revert it to in case that happens. But if you want to, there's a little video you can watch as well, seeing me mess with the case sensitivity and, you know, enabling it, setting it, um, and, and everything. And, and as the bottom, I put warning, just because the NTFS file system is case sensitive doesn't mean apps support this. So be careful. And the next blog which post, which we'll be releasing, and I'll tell you about some of the things that bit me and give you a little bit more information about maybe maybe it's not quite where we need it to be to use it on windows sadly uh, so it's one of the last things i really miss from having a mac but that's about it really so can you give me like the, the 10 second version about why you would want it to be case sensitive well the first blog post tells you about it but if it's not case sensitive okay. um basically when you're working on something windows things work and you push it out mm -hmm. to your staging and production servers that are maybe a Linux, they don't work. Gotcha. And that then okay. if someone has an uppercase file folder, possibly, and they commit it to the repo and then you download it and then you rename that folder, um, it thinks it's the same folder. But when you push up a new file, it'll push it up to the new folder's name, not the old folder's name. And now you have two folders with the same name on your server. And so next time you pull your code, you'll get one folder, but not the other folder on your machine because right. Windows thinks it's the same. So it won't so even... It. And, well, it doesn't overwrite it. It puts them in two different places. And then, yeah, you've got a mess. And so now you've got 
basically two sets of the same files and two different folder names and you can't see half of them on your machine and everyone on a Mac is seeing four versions of everything. It's a nightmare. And so the first blog post has a video showing that. And okay. so usually it's like, oh, the case is wrong. This didn't work. But um, yeah. yeah. So just recently, Adam, I had something where, you know, we had three or four uh, three or four branches open at one time of this one particular case where it was in a bad state. And so every time we did a merge request, back into the the development branch from any of those ones that were forked we had to fix on every one of them and so yeah so i had to fix it multiple times and so i had never run into that before previously it was like oh the case doesn't work it's because i've got the wrong case i'll fix that cool um but yeah when it had different folder names and everything because usually what you do is you have the file if you want to rename it and get in windows you rename it to my file name two and then commit it and then you rename it to my file name with the correct case and then commit it again. But that's usually how you have to do Windows because if you just change the file case, it doesn't think there's a difference. So anyways, long story short, I thought this was the, you know, the saving grace, but not yet because apparently some of the tools can't handle case sensitivity, even though Windows um, can. And the funny thing is, is the file system can, but even Windows Explorer in the video did something weird as well. So you're like, oh, before I even wanted to show you what doesn't work, you can already see it doesn't work. And so... Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm just sharing the experience. It is kind of cool that you can do it, but um, got to figure out what works and what doesn't. So I feel like I triggered you a little bit. I apologize. I did realize that it was going to be like a real emotional thing, no, but that does I sound mean, like a pretty not to put it to put it mildly not fun situation. I I hear you. Yeah, it's it's that's mm -hmm. like I said, one of the downsides of working with Windows is the case sensitivity or the lack of it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so they are working towards it. I'm doing Windows 10 stuff. Maybe Windows 11 is better. I'm also wondering if things like VS Code and other tools, if they're going to, you know, basically enable that. Because if they're on Windows, they probably don't expect it to be case sensitive. And so when things like that do happen, maybe it blows up for that reason. So, but go check out the videos. Uh, they're kind of interesting. If again, if you're not sick of me. And then next up, uh, we did mention that Couchbase is a platinum sponsor for Into the Box, so we have that there as well, so you guys can uh, see that. And then um, we have uh, a tweet from Charlie as well. Do you want to? I'll share my screen while you talk about that. Yeah, I start off with sometimes it's, I mean, it's little things. So it's good to see Adobe today updated their downloads page with the latest Java versions, eleven point zero point fifteen point one versus eleven oh fifteen added last month and 8U333 over 8U331 last month. It also fixed some sort order and how file names are shown. Sometimes it's the little things, Cold Fusion and Lucy. So yep. there's so many cool. things that change and, and it's just nice to see those little things being updated like Charlie said. So just a little thank you, Adobe. We appreciate the little things too. And then uh, Adam Tuttle um, had a blog post last June so it's still June, but it's just last June. And uh, I wanted to speak about this one. Um, I'm going back and listening to some of the you know, working code podcast episodes that I've missed. And one of them, they were talking about testing because Adam, who's in the chat, um, ripped them a new one about their testing episode, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty funny and uh, pretty great. But um, so Adam got on a, on a quest to get better at testing. And so this is what this blog post is about. And I really like the analogy. He says the flywheel of testing. And yeah. so, you know, basically talks about, you know, testing and how he was trying to get better. Um, and basically it's kind of like a flywheel, you know, like it's really hard to get moving, but once you start testing and you get to the flow and you start adding more tests and building on it, it basically just gets to the point where you build up this momentum and inertia mm -hmm. and 
it keeps going. And so he's still learning, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of a nice analogy. So I thought I'd share that one here. Um, you know, he's doing some GS tests and, and everything in here, but it's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, I just, I just liked it and liked the analogy and, you know, the walking through it. So mm-hmm. definitely very cool. And, um, yeah, I think we need to do more testing. We need to be not afraid to do testing. And I think a lot of it is we're scared when we start testing that there's too much and we haven't done a good job of it. We're almost ashamed that we haven't done it. So we avoid it. You know, we avoid things that are ashamed, you know, we're ashamed of. And so I think people just kind of ignore it because to be honest, like I don't like testing when I feel like I should have more, but if I'm in the mode and I start testing, I like it and I like to do more. The the worst part is when you come in something, you don't know where to start. And so we've done yeah. sessions about that before, like the good way to get started and everything. And so anyway, it's good interesting post. along those same lines, I'm just as part of getting ready for that, for the, the refactoring, um, I'm reading a book by, uh, by Martin Fowler. And he basically is saying, if you're not testing, you should not be refactoring because yeah. you don't know what you're, what kind of problems you're introducing and everything else. And so it is such a, a um just a standard scaffolding thing that you should have yeah i mean and my my rule is if you're touching something write some tests around it i mean a lot of times you make change your function give it some inputs test the output you know if that doesn't change you probably haven't broken it you know Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the key and you know boy scout rule leave it a little better than when you found it you know that if that you're as long as you're improving your testing you Mm -hmm. are doing a good job you don't have to have everything tested but if you're improving it right um yeah and i'm gonna show this message because uh basically without tests it's not refactoring it's just changing stuff and adams uh shared that quote but i've heard that many times before he just beat me to it so yeah nice and uh uncle bob you know clean code robert uh you know uh yeah it's not his quote he's just giving us the quote but yeah so basically it's it's a great book uh clean code and martin fowler's books are good too so definitely check them out you know, it's oh, yeah. a good point. David Levin just said it's, it's easy to get lost in the details when you're writing tests. It's true. What's interesting, though, is it's also easy to find details that you should be focused on when you're testing. Um, yeah. One thing I've noticed when you're when you're actually developing something, it's so easy to just fly through and you're like, the ideas are coming, you're typing like crazy, and da 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 and it's, and it's great, and it all comes out. But then the test actually forced you to kind of go back and actually fill in the blanks, so to speak. It's like, okay, I got that part now. Okay, am I returning the right stuff? Well, I wouldn't have thought of that unless I had to, I might have write the test. What happens if I throw different data types in and that kind of stuff? So yeah. I found actually that it, it for, the point is it, for, it forces me to slow down. Yep. Um, but you're yeah. right. I've also noticed along those same lines though, your point, David, is that if you start tracking, like basically I have a, I have a, a color coding list that basically when it runs a test, it turns green, if it red and everything else, and it persists. And so you can actually see this page turn green. And it's really nice, except I've also had to had to come up with a new phrase called vanity testing, <laughs> which basically is you test stuff that really probably does, that will need tests to be thorough, but really it wasn't the most important thing to test, but I wrote it to make the thing turn green. <laughs> so I had to kind of catch myself there testing the, uh, the important yep. stuff first. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so Scott's saying it might be good to ask for some scenarios people have, you know, mm-hmm. that need tests for the workshop. I think it's sometimes hard to apply textbook tests to a personal project. And you're right, True. Scott. And actually, uh, another project of mine that I'm thinking about and planning is about testing because I've, I've done quite a lot of testing stuff over the years and different conferences. And a lot of times people need to know how to get started. How do I write a test for this? And as Adam says, though, you know, if you write the test first, it's not so hard to, to get everything. 
Uh, I, I like, you know, the, when Adam says write the test first two people get confused because sometimes you got to figure out what you want it to do. And then once you figure that out, then you write your test, but you write your test as you like your requirements, you know, these are the inputs I want. This is what I want to get back. And then if you do something BDD ish, you know, where your cases are, it should send an email, not, you know, test method returns true. And basically, you know, be more, I think user stories is the way I like to put it, you know, when, you know, the scenario sort of case, basically when I, you know, when I want to send an email and I send it, you know, and I don't have a, a, a to address and a from address, you know, it should error. Or if I do you know, if I want to send an email and I provide an, an email for from and to and the subject, then, you know, then it should send an email, stuff like that. So you test the features and the requirements, not the logic. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, we could talk about testing for hours, but that's what we're doing today. And so. I'm totally taking a screenshot of this because Dan makes a good point. Doesn't happen nearly often enough. <laughs> Scott said Dan makes a good point. <laughs> yep, get a little, uh, get a little good stuff in there. But okay, well, next up, let's Thanks, talk about Dad. some find a job. So we have uh, getcfmljobs.com has 94 jobs posted from 53 companies across 47 locations in five countries. And we have two new job postings listed. You want to tell us about them, Dan? We do. There's a cold fusion dev. It is located at Kapalpati, and that's in Tamil Nadu in India. Um, it's just, it just says cold fusion dev. It doesn't say a couple of other details. Um, that's full-time. Another full-time senior cold fusion developer at work. This is in Latin America at Cologne. It says PA, but I'm guessing that doesn't mean Pennsylvania. No, if it's in, it if says LATAM, so I'm going to pull it open and see. So mm -hmm. um, it's in? Colon, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So sounds so much better when you say cologne. It just sounds a little more exotic than hey, colon. It just it's a whole different connotation. Yeah. You know what I mean, nothing against Pennsylvania. It just is an interesting name of like town. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so anyway, that was started as June first, and um, and uh, yeah, he's we're put, we're putting a link up in there. I'll do it right now. Okay. So yeah, I'm curious. Curious why the Latam. So, anyways, maybe they, maybe they, whoever it is has a lot of um, focus on Latin America. And yeah, I was looking to see if there was like a language requirement or anything, but I didn't see mm -hmm. it. So, but we also mm -hmm. have some uh, other job postings. Um, we obviously mentioned the one earlier from Hagerty Motorsport Ridge. So they're seeking uh, two senior software engineers to work primarily with Node, Vue.js, ColdFusion, AWS to improve their platform and build greenfield experiences. Mm -hmm. So cool. They got like 25 people team, right? Pretty big numbers. Yep. 60, yes, there's 25 person team supporting 1600 organizations with their SaaS CRM, commerce and event management platform. With 8,000 events managed in our marketplace annually by our customers, our goal is to be the number one software platform for automotive and motorsport events, which just sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I see Brian all the time on Twitter racing cars and playing around the, the track and stuff. So if you're a car guy, it'll probably be pretty awesome. And if you like to be one of those girls who drags and uh, does drag races and stuff, they can probably give you a pretty good hookup there too. So it wouldn't hurt to go meet your customers, you know? <laughs> sure. So, and we got other job links as well. Other job links. Okay. Order solutions. Uh, we are hiring. So basically order solutions.com slash about hyphen us slash careers. Um, we're hiring. There's also clear capital, uh, Carol from the working code from working code podcast. Um, they're hiring and there's a jobs channel in the CFML Slack team as well, as well as the box team Slack channel. So all those basically have the listings, um, cfmljobs.com 
and a lot of places to go because people are looking. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. our Forge Box module of the week is mm-hmm. CF Wheels, the .env settings plugin. So we talked about this one a little bit before, um, and this module reads secrets contained in a .env file or other file that you specify and loads those values into CF Wheels settings. And this is based on Eric Peterson's command box module. So .env is a pretty popular uh, concept for a lot of different um, you know, tools and languages. And this one, basically Eric built. And so what this one does, it goes a step further. So usually when using command box, you use a .env file. Um, the .env module for command box automatically loads your .env file into um, into your Java settings. And so that becomes available as you know environment variables for you to use. So if you're not in a command box server though, um, those .env files don't get read. So what this one does, is it actually uh, is a plugin for CF Wheels? If you drop it into your CF Wheels plugins folder and you restart your application or use the Wheels CLI to install it, um, you can do CF Wheels.env settings as installer. And then basically you can have a .env file in your root project. Make sure you add it to get ignore. Always have that ignored. Um, and then basically you can use property style, but they also have JSON style, which is interesting. I don't know if other people do that in .envs as well or not, but um, I've never seen prop- that now, but that's yeah, property cool. style. But the cool thing is basically that in your CF Wheels app, you can read sequence by adding the dot read .env settings to your application. So if you put it on your application start file, um, basically it'll read them in, um, you know, put them into your settings, and so you can use the get. And so let's say Callbox has help is similar to this that read from the environment variables or the Java settings. And so if you do, you know, I think get system setting and then you have the name of the key and then you can give it a default as well. And um, so that way you can load them up. So this is basically a wheels version. And the cool thing is that it actually will read, um, you know, the file directly. So you don't have to worry about having command box to run it. So this type of thing might be useful for a Callbox app if you're not using command box as well. But using command box with a .env module, it does it for you automatically. But it's kind of cool to see, you know, see if wheels are making their developers' lives easier. And that's really the goal. And that's if you do cool. want a different name, you just pass the name in to the read.env settings. So, cool. and remember, if you're on uh, like Nginx and Linux, usually dot file, so dot env, dots are usually ignored, so they can't be accessed remotely. Uh, if you change it to something else, um, it may not be blocked. So always make sure you block them from your service. Because again, if you go to everybody's website and add .env on the end of it, and they've got a file accessible, you can get all your secrets, not so secret anymore. I have to do a quick thing. Sorry about this. Uh, the, uh, going back to the back to the jobs for one second, I tried pasting the job link for Clear Capital, um, and the URL with all the the parameters was too long for the chat here on here. So basically, it's listed at jobs.jobvite.com. Um, but all the parameters to actually get there, it was too long for the, for the chat, so I couldn't post it. So I just didn't want to kind of like gloss over it because it's important. Yeah. Let me see if I can get a short link real quick too. Okay. Um, that would yeah, have been pretty smart to do too. Yeah, I didn't think of it until now either. We've been doing it for a couple of weeks. so That's <laughs> all good. Man. Yep. All right, so uh, coming up, we also have... Oh, Hold while on. you're doing that. Let me push the button here. Or don't put your application code in a web accessible directory. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess if you want to expose, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a crazy idea, Adam. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) This is the the VS Code hint, tips, and tricks of the week coming soon to a CF cast near you. Yep, and so uh, last week we did one about um, 
MySQL using the Oracle DB. And everybody said, what about MyDB? So this week, this is for them. <laughs> we are looking at SQL Server Client, and it's SQL. The database client makes your life easy. It supports databases, MySQL, MariaDB, Microsoft SQL Server, Post, uh, Postgres SQL, SQLite, MongoDB, Redis, and Elasticsearch. That's and got a lot. here it is. Yeah. That's a lot. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Um, like we talked about last week, Eric's like, I don't know why people have apps anymore when you can put everything in VS Code. <laughs> so like, it looks like a full app in here. The connect to the database setting looks really cool. You can do tables of data. You know, it'll spit out all your data in here. You can, uh, you know, see your table listing in the left-hand side. You can write queries. And so it doesn't, I don't think it has everything maybe that um, the last, uh, the other tool for Oracle MySQL has, but it has a lot of stuff. That's pretty cool. And a lot of configuration. Oh, is that too. Oracle, what's it called? Oracle browser or something like that? Um, SQL, yeah, Oracle SQL, MySQL browser or something, but it was pretty cool. But it has yeah. caching, <laughs> caching database structures and stuff. Oh, so you can go. refresh your cache for the database. You can generate mock data too. So you can generate mock data for a table. That's pretty cool. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. And then uh, this was definitely someone's passion project, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. And so you can back up and import and export data and, and structures. There's a lot of things in this one. This actually might have a few more tools than the other one. So, you know, do filtering and, and everything. There's some pretty cool stuff. But yeah, just built inside of VS Code. So, all those usual, the usual features you like, like the filtering is just built right into it. Um, pretty slick. So, it's, it's got amazing. a, you know, a nice, nice series of, uh, items here but i'm gonna have to That's check cool. that one out I, I definitely like those and the cool thing is is that you could have another vs code open on your other window if you want to use that um but again when i'm usually on a laptop that's what i think is uh you know is good is that um having it in the same editor if you've got like i've yeah. got full windows most of the time four screens then i can put on another window i'll have an app for it but sometimes that was one of the things that i really liked in in this vs code experiment that i'm doing basically got to you got to put command box in the terminal and when you have basically you have an api server but you have a couple different let's say front end like react or view or anything else you're you're spinning those up separately so instead of having three or four windows open two for the job two for the javascript um sites one for the api it also all nice contained i can have three different terminal tabs basically in vs code and everything's nice and contained it's it's very it's very handy all right well we are coming up on the end of the day uh thank you to all of our patreon supporters uh yeah. these individuals are personally supporting our open source initiatives to ensure the great uh toolings like command box forge box cold box content box test box cache box um doc box all the boxes uh, they're out there and they keep getting continuous development that they need and um, they fund the cloud infrastructure at our community that the, the, the community relies on like forgebox and our package management system with command box you can support us on patreon here at patreon.com slash ortis solutions yep so we have uh annual membership so you get save 10 percent if you sign up for the year our bronze packages and up now get forgebox pro and cfcast subscriptions as a perk for their patreon subscription and then all patron supporters has a profile badge on the community website and they all have their private forum on the community website which is at community.autosolutions.com so that's where we migrated all of our um, items from so all the the you know, the old Google groups for everything and they're all in one place now. So it's a little easier for us to manage and we've got some RSS feeders. So if you want to, you know, keep up to date on it, you can set that up as well. Uh, it's pretty cool. But our Patreons, we have a, a lot of Patreons and our new Patreon, Jordan Clark, just signed up. So he's one of our top Patreons supporters now. So thank you, Jordan, for 
for signing up and uh, I think he's might be at a gold level. So I'm excited to, to see that. So that's awesome. Cool. You want to read off the rest of them? Here's a Patreon. So we have Jordan Clark who started John Wilson from Synapterix, Brian uh, Gidinelli from Haggerty Motors uh, Motorsport Reg. Who's hiring, by the way, in case you didn't get that from the rest of the, um, the, rest of the time. Eric Kaufman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Carr, Jonathan Perret, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media, da Dean Motter, Will DeBruyne, Joseph Lamore, Don Bellamy, uh, Jan Yannick, Lakshmi Tertahadi, uh, Carl Von Stetten, Jeremy Adams, Didier Lesnicki, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Stott Seinbeck from Agro Tracking Systems, who's in the audience. Thank you very much. Ben Nadell, who pretty much provides a lot of our blog posts. Thank you. Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, uh, Jason Dager, Sean Oden, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Monge, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter Amiri from CF Wheels, as you mentioned before. This is a really educational blog post because up until like two weeks ago, I thought it was Stephanie Monge. It's not, it's Monge. Yep. Stephanie's an Ordis employee and I've worked with her many times and didn't know how to say her name evidently. Yeah, it's okay. Even with the even with the, the pronunciation guide, I still mess up a lot of names, but <laughs> I'm a foreigner. I'm allowed to get away with that. Exactly, you know? Yep. I, I talk funny it's, for a reason. It's the time <laughs> difference. It throws everybody off. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. For sure. But you can see a list of all the sponsors up on the Order Solutions website. We try and keep them up to date as we get new ones. And you can go to autosolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors. And we just really want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens to this podcast, either live chatting with us. A lot of uh, a lot of our supporters are doing that, but also we have a lot of great people, um, you know, listening on YouTube, listening on their podcast player, and we really appreciate each and every one of you. So Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. And again, we've got lots of great content coming. You've got your webinar. We've got my online CF meetup on Thursday. got my live stream uh, and my special guest on Friday. So mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot of great content. So have a great week. Hopefully I'll see you at some of those events. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.